Welcome to the X-Men Files, a podcast where Inessa and Brian talk about the X-Men comics. He's reading them again as an adult, she's reading them for the first time. So grab your back issues out of their Mylar bags, and let's talk about the greatest comic book series ever, the X-Men. Welcome back, I'm Brian. And I'm Inessa. And this is the X-Men Files, the podcast where we talk about the X-Men comics. Today we're reading issue number one, two, two fourteen. Two fourteen. Called possibly malice. Malice. This is going to be a very very short up, ep- not a very short, a shorter episode. So we're going to have a very very short issue recap. Okay. You- malice is some sort of uh, uh, non corporeal being who uh, takes possession of Dazzler and a few other X Men. They fight each other, and then Dazzler joins the X Men. And there's some dude in, in in highway trooper glasses who has something to do with all of it at the very end. Well, she... Okay, yes. Anything to add? Yes. <laughs> all of those things happen. Yeah. While she's taking possession of various X-Men. She Malice? She Malice. Yeah. First of all, it's a little bit strange because when she takes possession of someone, they are suddenly wearing this like weird red choker. So yeah, including Wolverine, I guess. So it's that was like, awesome. That was really yeah. great. <laughs> so it's like, you know... Um, one of the comments that I read was that Malice kind of makes uh, makes the X Men kind of doubt each other, doubt each other's, uh, you know, whether or not they're they're sure. possessed. But of course, that's silly because are they or are they not wearing this weird red exactly. choker? Yeah. So um, everybody says, "Hey, Wolverine, interesting choice there." Yeah. With the, uh, <laughs> Where'd that come from? Ordinarily, you've got a bolo tie, yeah. but today <laughs> pull that out of your pocket and put it on. Yeah. Um, in the end, she tries to possess uh, Storm, who volunteers to be possessed by her so that Psylocke can uh, do some sort of, like, mind fuckery. Right. But then Storm... Storm's too... Uraro is too much of a badass. Yeah, yeah. She defeats possessed. her... You're not going to possess... No. ...that weather witch. No, you're not. Because she's already comfortable with the dark parts of herself. Yeah. And so Malice can't kind of capitalize on those on those dark desires. Yeah, Aurora's uh, on an even, even keel. Yeah. So she's able to rip the the necklace, the, the necklace off. off. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then at the end, I didn't catch this the first time that I read it, but I did read a comment that made me realize that at the end, Malice has actually possessed that weird state trooper. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because he's got the, what do you call those types of uh, sunglasses? Aviator sunglasses. I, I was about to say aviator, but it didn't seem right. Okay. Yeah, he's got like the aviator sunglasses and also. Yeah. The other thing. Um, yeah, and like the bulletproof vest and the FBI yeah. like style jacket, sort of paramilitary looking uh, police officer. Oh boy, I'm trying to pull up the issue on uh, the iPad, but it looks like I'm continuing to read Uncanny X-Men 474. <laughs> How the fuck did that happen? Apparently this one also had letters, but I did not, somehow the letters were not, letters. not included in our version. One of the like recap things that I that I saw indicated that there were letters in the print version. Oh, sure. Yeah. There are always letters in the print version. They are rarely in the digital version. Why? Uh, you're asking the wrong dude. Hmm. I thought they only sometimes appeared in the print version, and then those were the same times that they appeared in the digital version. Nope. Hmm. Weird. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Weird-ish. I mean, I love the letters. <laughs> I, I wish there yeah, were letters yeah, every yeah. single time. Uh, Yeah, me too, actually. It, it does... Provide an interesting window into kind of readership and a little bit of the zeitgeist. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, okay. So that was the recap. Yeah. Oh, Cerebro too. Cerebro is... Cerebro's Cerebroke. Cerebro's Cerebroke. <laughs> yes. Because uh, I think 
that made me wonder also when we're going to see Xavier again, if ever. Are we ever going to see Charles Xavier again? So we, we, we touched on this a little bit, and we know some extra textual stuff, which is that at the time, Claremont would have been happy for Xavier not to come back. Right. He and Lalandro are off at the other end of the galaxy. And, and so is Professor X coming back within the text of the issue? I mean, good heavens, if you've been reading the X-Men for the past year in comic book time, you might not even know who Professor X is. is yeah. Yeah. So textually, we'd have to ask whether the question would even be posed, but the only answer is we don't know. We don't know. Extra textually, we know Claremont is not planning to. Extra, extra textually, <laughs> uh, we know that he's going to come back in about a year in a different comic book. Okay. And so I guess killing off Cerebro is like a final way of killing off uh, or sort of getting rid of like the omnipotence that is uh, the sort of omnipotent force that Charles Xavier has where he can solve every problem or find anyone or do anything with this kind of a magical brain device. Magical brain device, um, correct. And that's a, that that that's quite astute. I, I I hadn't actually thought about it thought of it in those terms. I just saw uh, the um, uh, the what's not you know the cerebro is broken and you know kind of shrugged my shoulders. I was just connecting it back to the fact that uh, Sabretooth had had busted had broken it, up. it. Yeah, but no, you're right. Uh, that is an element of. Um, Professor X really being gone. <laughs> yeah, I might have read that somewhere. I might not have come up with that on my own. I uh, could yeah. easily believe that you would have come up with it on your own. <laughs> right. uh, what else do we want to say? Well, well um, what did you think of this issue? I thought that it was... The first time I read it, I actually thought that it like moved a little too quickly. Like They tried to cram too much stuff into one issue, and that yeah. they could have done it like um, told like a more not so much jump from one thing to the other mm -hmm. in, in two issues, but then I read it, I read it yesterday and then I read it again this morning uh, because I was like taking notes. And uh, the second time it didn't feel quite as like rushed. The pacing didn't mm. feel quite okay. as rushed. Um, okay. So, you know, it was a thing where something happens. Uh, there was a little bit of cool fighting. The art was pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, Barry Windsor Smith. Barry Windsor Smith, yep. whose style you can now recognize. Whose style I can now recognize. I didn't like the, um, I liked all the colors and all the stuff. I didn't always like the... I don't always like the way that he draws their faces. I I do find that... Yeah. If he were the only artist, I'd be okay with it. Yeah. But when he steps in, it, it looks great, but it is different enough that I have to readjust. Figure out like, who everybody is, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's like putting on, I don't know, like putting on glasses or taking off glasses, you know. Yeah, especially when, like, they were supposed to be sweaty. First, I was like, is there, oh, does she like have a rash? Yeah, <laughs> like, what yeah, is, yeah. is that like, are those pimples or, like, warts? What's going on? Right, yeah. right. Um, so, yeah, we, we gain another X-Man. Uh, apparently, we, we sort of, uh, oh, we forgot to say in the recap that mm -hmm. Wolverine, after he's been possessed and then he's unpossessed and then Storm is possessed and then she's unpossessed, Wolverine sort of comes to an attack Storm because uh, he feels like she's like, the, I don't know, he can he can scent her and uh, right. he thinks that she's still like a, a baddie. Yeah, yeah. I, I, that and his attack of, of Psylocke, both of those didn't work for me. Yeah. Um, and I'm not sure what that was, that was kind of all about. Um, 
I think I'm coming in real quiet. Probably. Hmm. Okay. You can move um, closer. Yeah, I will. I will. Also, you moved a little bit closer. So. <laughs> no, I didn't. I'm yes, still sitting did. here in this place that <laughs> um, I started. That's objective. That's science. Um, okay. Uh, all right. So I'll be quiet uh, in this in this episode. Um, what was I going to say? Yeah. So those two scenes didn't work for me. Um, it, it just felt like uh, what's the word? Um, gratuitous isn't the right word. Like he, they, they really want to have some bit of spontaneous action, and and that's how we insert it. Uh, the other thing that's that's interesting about this issue, it, maybe it speaks to that, is it's a female heavy issue. Yeah, uh, Wolverine's like the only dude yeah. in it, and it's almost like Claremont says, "Well, we have to have a masculine moment," and <laughs> spontaneous wanton violence is clearly masculine. Why not? Yeah. Um, it's not true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, maybe that's why I found it kind of jarring is uh, just uh, that that eruption. Yeah, in the uh, in the, the, the thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. So um what I'm saying is I think the episode the issue rather would have worked well without any Wolverine in it. Right. Well now, I mean I guess saying that, like it almost feels like it's a kind of a female heavy group full stop. Yes. Right? Because Nightcrawler's gone, Colossus is gone. Well they're they're still semi gone. Around. They're, yeah, they're but, convalescing. Yeah. Um and they've been sort of quote unquote replaced with Dazzler yeah. and uh Psylocke. Yeah. I'm just trying to get comfortable. I asked you to do that. But before. I did do that. But then my knee starts to hurt. <laughs> okay. And then I have to like, I just yeah. you don't sit absolutely still. Uh, perhaps not. <laughs> but I don't. Anyway, this is nobody wants to hear us bicker about placement of the microphone or, or our faces or anything, actually. Yeah. Uh, no, they want to hear us talk about the X-Men. Um, it, it, yeah, it is a female heavy team now. Yeah. Uh, let's count them off. Araro, Psylocke, Rogue, uh, Dazzler, Kitty is still kicking. So that's like five we've got. Right. That's, uh, that's quite a bit. Right. And then, yeah, Wolverine, Wolverine, Colossus, Colossus Nightcrawler. Nightcrawler. And what's his name? Magneto, I guess. Magneto is ostensibly there. He's not really part of the X-Men. What's happening when we're not reading it, but what's happening at the same time is that Magneto is... Uh, making appearances with the new mutants. The new he's meant to be kind he's of educating. He's educating the new mutants. He's chaperoning. Yeah, although he doesn't do loads of that. Yeah, <laughs> I think, yeah, yeah. Magneto is there, but he's he's uh, he's in the background mm. uh, for now. So, um, do, do we have anything else uh, profound to say about the fact that it's a female heavy team now, other than hooray? Um, I guess just um. What do I have to say that's profound? I think that if you had asked someone who had not read comics in yeah. the 80s what comics in the 80s, you know, a top-selling comic in yeah. the 80s would be like, they would have said probably if you had asked them about uh, representation, they would have said that it would have been like straight up, you know, sausage Dude, fest. Yeah, yeah, the whole way across. And so I think it's important and nice to go back and look at actually look at historical stuff rather than just assuming that things were a yeah. certain way in history well, well uh, correct of, of the history of comics yeah, you know correct. Not, maybe not all of history however note that the x-men are a little bit exceptional yeah. uh, in, in this regard and uh, at this time in the early 90s when claremont is 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 stepping away from the title and i think even 
even in a few issues, we'll, we'll get this maybe uh, maybe evened up the uh, the gender parity. Uh, not not deliberately necessarily, mm-hmm. just just as a natural course of of, of Claremont's uh, storytelling, but in the '90s, uh, it looks like what you would expect. There's a, a lot of dudes, and the women are anatomically impossible, right. and they have clothes that uh, would embarrass a Victoria's Secret model. Right, right. Up until <laughs> yeah. this point, I mean, there have yeah. been certainly panels and 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 issues where there has been you know a yeah. lot of but super like, male gazy. Yeah, yeah, but generally, but there's also been loads of things that aren't super male gazy. Rogue's costume has never oh, been yeah. particularly male gazy. Yeah. Kitty's costume has always been very appropriate. Yeah. Even Storm's you know costuming has generally been fine. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> certainly at the beginning. Um, you know, occasionally yeah. you see some. But no, like, no, mostly no, it, you it, see it's her in that recently. like fetish fetish gear. Yeah, yeah, she's got like the um, her her. A costume or superhero costume uh, with like the thigh high boots and and the uh, like the one piece <laughs> actually not even a one piece kind of like she's got the thing with like the um, uh, the circle joining the top and bottom halves yeah, of her. yeah 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 oh yeah very it, 80s, it's yeah. It, it will be a very male geezy yeah <laughs> uh, whenever she's out of costume she certainly in the early uh, issues like the John Byrne and the Dave Cockrum uh, issues uh, out of costume. Nothing male gazy about it at all. She looks right. like a million bucks. Right, and she's right. like the epitome of the good elements of kind of late seventies fashion. Right. Yeah. So I mean, I guess a you know a, a more thoughtful person than me would. Uh, I'm sure someone has written a book about uh, you know female character development uh, in comic books. If we they, should find if, that book and if buy they, it. If they haven't, it. they should. Yeah. Um, because in some ways, it almost feels like. I mean, just based on what you're saying, it feels like the nineties was. It was you know, a big was, step back. Right? I was going to say it was worse than the 80s. And, you know, yeah. now, and, you know, has it been moving backwards ever since? I don't know. Mm, yes and no. Yeah. Um, I'll say that my experience, my my recalled experience of the broader culture is that the 90s were, in a lot of ways, a step back. Mm. Um, at the time, I'm in my 20s at that time, and I kind of don't notice it in that way. But um, the ascendance of like, like magazines like FHM and Maxim mm-hmm. <laughs> and other things like that, that happened in the 90s. Yeah. Now, it's a shift that you can view in a couple of ways. Because uh, in the 80s, there's plenty of magazines where you can, you can you know, gaze at the female form, but they're behind the counter, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> it's like your, your Playboys and things like that. Um so you can think of like, well, this is a great step forward, becoming a little bit more mature about sexuality. But that also means that you've got Jennifer Love Hewitt on the cover of FHM magazine wearing like dental floss to <laughs> cover her body um, and j- just a preoccupation w- with like who's the hottest actress at female, you know, 22 year old female celebrity. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that. Looking back at it, uh, I feel like it was a step backward yeah. in terms of objectification. Yeah. And also, if you think about it musically, part of this is uh, going to be influenced by the fact that uh, a month or so ago, I watched two different do- documentaries about Woodstock 99. Mm-hmm. Do you remember Woodstock 99? What yes. do you remember about that? Uh, not much. It was okay. a thing that happened and it went poorly. It went, yes, yeah, that, would be, <laughs> that would be a fine way of, of, yeah. of summarizing it. Um, it, it, the two different documentaries, um, one of them focuses a little bit more about what's happening with the broader culture, but, but even, even beyond the documentary, just recalling what was happening musically. Um, and I'll say 
music that you know, primarily white people listened to. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, there's other stuff happening, like genres like hip-hop and R&B, that I just not on my no, radar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, in terms of white people music, yeah. uh, you got your Corns, you got your Linkin Parks, yep. uh, Fred Durst, that asshat. Um, <laughs> what the fuck was his band, Fred Durst's band? Fred Durst. Limp Biscuit. Limp Biscuit. yeah. The very name is offensive. <laughs> I mean, the name, <laughs> we don't even need to get into the etymology of Limp Bizkit, but it, it's just, it's just gross, gross, so gross. from start to finish. Yeah. Uh, so like that, when I look back on the nineties, I think like, yeah, uh, you know, eighties, maybe one step forward or, or you're two steps forward, one step back in the nineties for, yeah. uh, uh, for, in, in a lot of respects for, for, um, uh, uh, women in the world. Yeah. I'm about to read a book about whether the sexual revolution was oh my good for women or just good for like the sex industry. So you can <laughs> I'll report back. I, I'll 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 give you my presumption, my prediction about what that book or pretty much any book is going to say about developments that are ostensibly uh, positive for women, and it is that uh, <laughs> it. it <laughs> How am I going to say this? On paper, women should have been beneficiaries of whatever item you're going to talk about. You know, Title Nine or you know, whatever the you know the the, the athletic parity thing is, yeah. the sexual revolution, the uh, birth control pill, whatever. On paper, we ought to be moving closer to equality. In reality. Men are going to find some way to fuck it up, to use this to further objectify uh, or, 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 or diminish. Not all men, but enough men that that the progress continues to be sluggish. And I'm not saying all this because of that conversation that we had earlier. No, well, by the I'll way. report. I'll report back on my. <laughs> Thank you. I look forward that to that. Uh, what did I? What else did I write down here? Let's see. Earlier, we had a conversation about uh, about feminism and, and, and whether I was like a legit feminist. You are a legit. <laughs> I mean, we don't need I, to go into all that. I know yeah. we don't need to go into all, right. all that. I'm just saying I'm not, you know, I, I feel like I would be saying this stuff like any given I Sunday. Understand. I know that you yeah. would. And, um, not, yeah, and, and by the way, may I say, like, I'm not doing this to try to get credit or anything okay. like that. I, I'm, I'm well on record as saying some of the biggest victims of the patriarchy, not some of the biggest victims, some of the victims of the patriarchy are other men. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's, there's so yeah, yeah. It, it's purely male self-interest yeah, that drives what I'm saying yeah. here. Um, All right. Barry Windsor Smith, I like the colors and movement. Don't love the faces. I said that. Bye bye, Cerebro. Will we ever see Xavier again? I said that. Yeah. Uh, Callis- <clears throat> I like the scene with Callisto and Wolverine fighting. I like the, oh, yeah, that's uh, cool. like the movement. God, Callisto, um, yeah. There's, yeah. Boy, and boy, it was nothing but estrogen in this yeah, issue. <laughs> yeah, Callisto was there. And it was mentioned, too, again, not something that I came up with on my own, that I guess in later issues, Wolverine becomes, uh, to use a Claremontism, nigh on. Uh, invulnerable. Invulnerable. Yeah, 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 cannot be killed. And in this one, he still <clears> mentioned, you know, it's like, how would you, ki- you know, I could kill you like this. I'm going to throw yeah. a knife. I could, you know, this would work to kill me, whatever. So right. he's still aware of his own possible mortality. He yeah. has not become uh, immortal yet. Let's see. Uh, Storm is bait for Psylocke, but then defeats Malice herself. Continued de- demonification, demonetization of the X-Men. What did I mean to say there? No clue. Demonification. I meant demonization. Dem- oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, like making them, you know, when she comes They're out, the outsiders, she's like, yeah, yeah we're, yeah. you know, I'm part of the X-Men, whatever. Uh, 
Again, something I read somewhere, Dazzler first appeared seven years ago in issue 130, and it took that long for, uh, you know, her to kind of, for them to bring her, for Claremont, I guess, to bring her story around, which is... Well, because she had she her had own, her own comic. thing, yeah, yeah, and, and you know the, the origin of Dazzler, right? That there was a record company that I can't remember the, the record company, um, uh, Casablanca Records, maybe, mm-hmm. that approached Marvel and said, "Hey, we'd love for you to have a comic book character based on an actual singer that we want to." All right, so we want like a tie-in. Who was the singer? I, I don't. I, I think it, it was like it was like the monkeys or the Partridge Family. I think they were gonna <laughs> they're gonna come up with the marketing and like the First synergy. And then find the, you know, the, the full yeah. flight. It, and and so Marvel got their yeah Marvel got their bit of it done. Uh, but they just it, it didn't. Quite, All right, I didn't know that. I, I mean, I want to say like maybe they were gonna approach um, Debbie Harry. Oh. Maybe um, time frame is right. I, I may be making that up mm-hmm. uh, out of out of whole cloth, but uh, yeah, it could have been that uh, Debbie Harry was uh, hmm. at one time attached to that project. <laughs> um, that's most of what I had. I had also written down that, like, so I read that this was like technically the end of the mutant massacre uh, storyline, according to you know some people. People they say, yeah, wise yeah, people yeah, say, people. people that know say. Yeah, uh, maybe it is because I think they they ascribe that they say that malice is one of the marauders. Yes, yeah. I, I remember reading that. I was like, really? Yeah. Okay, I guess. That so she was the one that sort of came by to like <clears throat> fuck with the ones that had survived the original marauder yeah, the original attack. Massacre. But you know, yeah. again, that red choker. You know, I feel like she should figure out some way to be more devious. Yeah. If she was really gonna fuck with them. Uh, agreed. Agreed. Yeah, but yeah, it was a it was a good little issue, cool art, and uh, yeah, yeah, it kind of left me a little bit cold. Um, yeah. So looking forward to next week. We got about another five minutes or so. Do you want to talk about other pop culture? Ooh, what are we consuming? We saw Anchorman two last night. Um, I fell asleep. So yeah, it's it's not uh, it's not unmissable. The first Anchorman was pretty good. Yeah, second one was kind of a retreaded. Yeah. Um, uh, what Going else? on a deep dive with uh, whatever that guy's name was. We saw Talladega Nights as well, which was about a half an hour too long. <laughs> Needed a um, little more little more time in the editing room. Uh, John Apatow was one of the producers of Anchorman 2. He was probably one of the producers of uh, Talladega Nights. Um, John Apatow, not, not amazing at tight edits. Yeah. Very talented guy. He's really funny, and he does some really great stuff, but... Um, if he can make a movie two hours and 15 minutes, he'll do it. Like, he's not going to lop off 15 minutes of a movie. Yeah. <laughs> he just won't. So unrelated to, to culture, I just this thought just popped into my head that over the past few days, I have had conversations with both of our children yeah. about the nature of, like, uh, pop culture critique, because we were in the car and there okay. was some song on, and yeah. I criticized, yeah. like, the stupid almost rhyme or like okay. if they had spent three more minutes working yeah. on the lyrics of the song it would have been better and both kids were like oh you write a song and so that's not how it works exactly <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's like i don't get paid to write songs right. these people do and you can't say that you can never criticize anything yeah. culture you know like right. entertainment wise if you can't do better yourself because obviously that's crazy well it, it was interesting to talk about with them kind of substantively it's like saying you can't be a director if you can't act. There is a conversation about uh, actors who become directors yeah. and directors who, who do some acting, like your Quentin Tarantino's and you know Woody Allen. But um, like, like Alfred Hitchcock is allowed to direct the actors, yeah. <laughs> you know, the, the, just as 
a, a record producer. And I said record producer. And I was thinking like, well, Quincy Jones, that's the first thing that popped in my head. He's written a shit ton of music. Yeah. So, yeah. hey, go write your own song. I did, motherfucker. Now I'm here <laughs> producing this one. Yeah. So when I tell you... <laughs> Tell you but that, I, I, yeah. I'm not sure that there are producers out there who they may be few and far between. So this might be a lousy example. Maybe there's a producer who isn't a lyricist. I mean, I don't know that Quincy Jones has written lyrics. Quincy Jones could say, "Hey, instead of this, could you say this?" And oh, you write a lyric. I'm Quincy Motherfucking Jones. <laughs> um, so it, producers are allowed to produce. Directors are allowed to do that. E- even further up the chain, um, well, like Kevin Feige. Uh, that's maybe a better example. Mm-hmm. He doesn't direct anything. He doesn't write anything. He doesn't act anything. He is the architect of this shit. And he's yep. allowed to say, this works, this doesn't work. What is he, the producer? What does the producer do? Get the money? Producer produces. Um, yes, they get the money, but it, it's not, like, it's not, I don't I don't know that Kevin Feige knows the first thing about, like, finance or, like, debt leverage or anything mm-hmm. like that. Um, th- th- yes, they do obtain the money, but they also obtain the directors and, and everything, you know, yeah. the actors and whatnot. Um, and we'll not get into detail about, like, executive producers and line producers and all the other shit. Yeah. Talk about, like, the producer, producer. And Feige is kind of an uber producer, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Uh, he is strongly influential in the whole Marvel ecosystem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he's not writing the scripts, although I'm sure that he comments on damn near all of the scripts. Right. I, and I hesitate there because with all of the MCU TV shows, maybe he's not giving notes on every line maybe of dialogue he should be. Yeah. for She-Hulk. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It was just funny because it came up two times in like the exact same way, talking about cultural stuff. Yeah. So I needed to say it out loud. Uh, okay, so our kids are wrong. Yeah, they're wrong. <laughs> uh, and it's weird that they would give you guff about that, because I, I do that a lot, especially like, for music. It wasn't like 10 hours of guff. It was just like, no, like, that, but like <laughs> any, any sort of any yeah. sort of response. Yeah. Um, strange. Yeah. yeah. They're weird. Weird little people. Uh, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. In a good way. I mean, weird yeah, depending on what way. you mean by weird. I'm not Interesting. Sure they I'm have their own thoughts that. that we have to mold. We're molding it. Yeah. Yeah. That molding, is what we're, we're, we're going to say. We're molding their yeah. thoughts. And we're, like, we're like, we're producing and directing them. <laughs> That's what we're doing. We've Go actually, write a song. I'm not going to write a song. I created a human. Yeah. We've actually been people ourselves. I'm Dr. Frankenstein. Yeah. If you think about it, I'm God. I brought this life into the world and I'm actually shaping it uh, as, as best I can. Yeah. Anyway, so that's all I have. What else? I don't know. I don't think we've done a lot of pop culture stuff. Yeah, I've been on the road. We've been traveling. And we've who, had visitors. Who the fuck knows yeah. what I've been uh, up to? Um, what I've been, uh, we watched The Amazing Race is what we're watching. Oh, yeah, The that's, Amazing Race. Yeah, I mean, that, that that is definitely on television. Yeah, it's a thing that's on television that our whole yeah. family enjoys. It, it, it's so non-scripted. So, we do watch yeah. it, and uh, everybody always has fun with it. It's great. And yesterday was fantastic. We watched, I watched like three <laughs> of those episodes because yeah. I was catching up with you guys. Don't and give away we, who won. Um, okay. I won't give away who won. Uh, yeah, I was catching up with you guys. So I, I saw a shit ton of Amazing yeah. Race yesterday. And now and then, you're going to go watch some F1 in a minute. Uh, more than a minute, about a 60 minutes. minutes yeah. yeah. Uh, what else do we want to say? Might be all I have. That probably Short is all that I have today. as well. We've got like another four minutes. I feel like I, I want to. I want to talk about one more thing. Okay. Uh, what are we going to go see at the movies next? Oh yeah, that's a good a good idea, man. Um, 
last week we were thinking about going to see there's actually a few things that i wouldn't mind seeing yep. right now see how they run i wouldn't mind seeing i wouldn't mind seeing avatar okay um i've only seen avatar all the way through like once that was too long oh my god no i hear you yeah yeah, yeah. uh james cameron another guy that maybe although i don't know I, if i think about something like aliens or terminator 2 i think they're just the right length mm-hmm. even though they're kind of how long is this avatar sized. do you know Avatar is like two hours and 40 minutes. Mm. Yeah, it's a long fucking yeah. time. Yeah. We should go to that cool movie theater with the, with the food. Alamo Draft House. Yeah. 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 Uh, maybe. Alamo Draft House. If you live in uh, Raleigh or Raleigh. Durham or Cary, yeah. you know, you should go check out the Alamo Draft House. We're advertising them for free. Well, yeah, we'd love it if they would sponsor uh, the show. <laughs> um, next date night. I mean, I'd love to go to like Alamo Draft House with like, just the two, the two of, of us. Maybe. It's, yeah. a lo- it's a long date night because it's a long drive. No, I That's get the it. Only well, thing. I mean, it's a long whatever. Yeah. You know, we should do do like a date afternoon. Our, our children would be delighted. They would be that. delighted. Yeah. Yeah. Most because yeah. I was, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Alamo Draft House with four people, it just feels like a real huge investment. It's going to be a huge investment. Time yeah, and, and other stuff. Yeah, because <laughs> I saw what you and our daughter spent to, <laughs> very to go expensive. see yeah nobody's ever paid that much money to watch steel magnolias <laughs> if you haven't seen steel magnolias it's awesome it is a good movie yeah. I, I i dig it's... it uh dolly parton is a national treasure yeah. um i was about to like give a spoiler if you haven't seen steel magnolias uh julia roberts is is as non-annoying as she's ever been yeah. she's annoying as fuck in that yeah, movie it has held up uh very very well from when so it was it released great. in the 80s yeah. and it's amazing you should go see it Another i think it's on heavy movie yeah i think <laughs> it's on netflix I think, is it really? I think it is actually oh, so you could okay. go watch it right now you could have saved yourself a few bucks you could have saved us like 75 dollars yeah watch it yeah yeah <laughs> yeah uh, net at the movies for like 150 bucks expensive. for a family of four. I don't, I don't know that I, I don't know that I can do that. Yeah. I mean, it, it combines a movie and dinner, right? So it's not like well, just, yeah. Right. You know, if you're just going to see the movie, then. What did you guys eat there? Oh my God. What didn't we eat? We, okay. <laughs> okay we had soda. We had, she had, um, like chicken, chicken fingers. And sure, I think sure. she had like mozzarella sticks. Okay. And I had some sort of like loaded fries All right. and peanut M&M's. Oh. Yeah. So, I mean, we had like a full dinner. I don't know, man. I, I, I like sitting in the thing and eating popcorn. Like, did you have a table yeah. or some shit? I don't know. I don't know. You have a table. Uh, I want to experiment with this. I have heard of the Alamo Draft House. I've heard it's a, a, a cool sort of a thing. Um, if you want to franchise the Alamo Draft House, by the way, you can franchise your own Alamo Draft House. Do you know what you need in terms of like capital? I think you need like, uh, I think at least a million bucks. Wow. To, to how do you, how do you know that? Um, I was thinking about opening up a movie theater because mm-hmm. uh, I, I can't remember where I what what caused me to spend fifteen minutes googling this <laughs> shit. But um, yes, like AMC and, and and others, they they work with franchisees, mm-hmm. you know, people who say, um, you know, I, I'm going to run this theater and you know, plug into the AMC hive mind or right. whatever. Um, and so I thought about, well, you know, how you know financially, what would that mean? Because uh, mm-hmm. I, I love movies, and, and for me, I, I, I'd love to just you know, throw my passion into something that, that is also my, my work. And uh, I can't remember what AMC is like. Oh, you know, contact us for. Them. I'm not going to fucking contact you. <laughs> Goddamn, doing you a favor. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but Alamo Drafthouse, so like, yeah, for franchise opportunities, was yeah, like a, you know, a cool hard million, million dollars. I mean, you got to make sure that you're serious about. It. Oh, okay, well. Maybe not, <laughs> you know, I, 
could move a few things around yeah. financially, <laughs> but um, yeah, I think maybe I have to talk not. to my wife first. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I'm not going to put like a million a, a million eggs yeah. in the Alamo Draft House basket. basket. Yeah, yeah. So I'm in no danger of opening up opening a, a movie theater, theater oh, but okay. uh, yeah, from time to time, not from time to time. That one time. <laughs> From time to time, you think about like w- 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 how could I match up my nerdly interests with, with just like a job? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and honestly, I'm I could be doing a lot worse on that front. Yeah, yeah. Uh, being a mathematician, professional mathematician is not so bad. Yeah, I agree with that. Although I'd love it if I could talk a little bit more about uh, like Dungeons and Dragons and Star Trek and shit with some of the uh, <laughs> some of my crowd. Yeah, but not nerdly enough. Mm. You're nerdly enough. Mm. Not you're, for you're nearly, you're nearly, nearly nerdly. Nearly, nearly nerdly. Yeah. All right, but yeah, but 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 I but I still love you madly. <laughs> All right. All right. Thanks for listening. Bye bye. Thank you for listening to the X Men Files. We are available on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts. If you listen, please rate us. If you want to drop us a note, you can reach us via email at cerebro at xmenfiles.com. You can also check out our website xmenfiles.com. Our theme music is Invasion to Space Frog by Checky Brown. That music available under a Creative Commons license. Everything else was written, produced, and performed by Brian and Inessa.